Everyday Ministry Podcast, or a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James White, one of your co-hosts. Unfortunately, I do not have any of the other three co-hosts with us this week, but I do have the joy and the privilege to having a friend of mine on the podcast here, and we're going to talk about everyday ministry as well as a book that he's written. And who we have today is Lonnie Free. He's a student pastor at Centerville Baptist in Centerville, Alabama. Lonnie, how is everything going for you today? Everything's good, man. It's October. You know, that's a busy month in ministry. We have some events coming up and, you know, coming out of a pretty busy season and winding down the semester kind of. So it's going good. How about you? We're recording at nine o'clock in the morning, which normally we record around 10, 11 at night because of our scheduling issues and everybody having kids and all of those things. I'm not quite awake yet, but I got coffee in front of me. (laughs) I got a bottle of water and I'm ready to talk about this great book. But before we get into the book itself, Lonnie, why don't you take some time just to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, like we said, I'm the student pastor at Centerville Baptist. Got called there almost two years ago. I got called there November of 2017. And before that, I interned at my home church at Valley View Baptist in Tuscaloosa. And before that, I interned at First Baptist Woodstock in Woodstock, Georgia. But I... It's kind of a funny story how I got called to ministry. So I got saved going into my junior year of high school and immediately felt a call to ministry by every sense definition. I felt the call, but because I got saved so late, I really couldn't believe that God would be desperate enough to call someone like me. You know, like I thought that people that became ministers and pastors and stuff, those are the kids that are the all stars in Awana and, you know, the the ones that grew up and knew all the right answers and, you know, knew their Bible left, you know, all through it. And I couldn't believe that God would call me. And I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I ran from that call, but I was hesitant to pursue that call for several years. And I got the advice like many people have gotten before me that, you know, if you can think of anything else you, you could do besides ministry, 
then do that. So I went to college and I bounced around from several different majors, went from business to PR. And my junior year of college, I dropped out and actually became a fireman. And it was right after graduation and I was about to go into some interviews and stuff. I really hit a low point and I still felt called to ministry and I felt like I was not doing what God had called me to do. And I prayed, God, if you want me to go into ministry, you need to open up some doors because I don't know what to do. And the next day, one of my buddies called, who was actually my youth pastor from high school, and he asked me to come be a chaperone at First Baptist Woodstock. And I go to their beach camp. And at this beach camp, the high school pastor at the time, we we got to talking and he asked me if I had ever considered doing an internship or anything like that. And one of those crazy God stories that he really opened up this door that allowed me to be where I am today. So that's a little about how I became the youth pastor at Centerville Baptist. I know you said that this calling came pretty soon after your salvation. And tell us about your testimony, how God found and saved you. Right, right. Okay, so one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about youth ministry is because I was saved at a youth event that one of my friends, you know, some of them, they got together and it was a student-led event that happened the summer going into my junior year. So one of my friends actually shared his testimony and I I got to see his testimony lived out uh, the school year before and it really piqued my curiosity and I wondered, you know, why this drastic change in this guy that I've known my whole life and So he shared about how God changed his life, and he shared the gospel, and I responded. Man, that's awesome. Love to hear people's stories as we get them on the podcast here, because one, it tells us that first and foremost, we're all redeemed by Christ. And and in that is kind of the premise of our podcast here is that if you're a believer and you've trusted and put your faith in Christ Jesus, then you are a minister. Now, you just so happen to do it vocationally. But Absolutely. If, if he wasn't in vocational ministry, you would still be a minister of the gospel in some capacity. And that's, that's our thought here. And so, mm-hmm. um, but there's some other news that we've got from you in the last, uh, was it six months or so that some big life changes are coming in your way? Yeah, James, I got engaged this past June. And so that's a huge deal. And I'm getting married next May. May. Okay. Awesome. I was going to ask you when the date was. So you gave her plenty of time to change her mind or? Yeah, I figured I might as well just let her let her think about it for a while before she pulled the trigger, you know. (laughs) I've been married, I guess, six years or so now, and we had a very long engagement. And that is not a recommendation of mine. Get get engaged, be married within a year is my thought process or right around that time period, at least. But anything else about you that you want to kind of share with us? Maybe, you know, maybe any kind of schooling you have or favorite dog or something of that nature. Anything about you that you want to tell us before we move on to your book? Uh, Well, I'm actually, well, I've been a dog person my whole life, but uh, my fiance, funny story, she has this Persian cat right? It was at her parents and her parents, they live in Coleman, Alabama. And uh, they were to a point where they couldn't take care of this cat. So of course, you know, we're engaged and her parents are wanting to get rid of it. So uh, it, her roommate that she has right now, she's actually allergic, allergic to cats. So, uh, cat of course comes to my house and I'll have to say it kind of won me over. 
Are you um, sure you want to admit that on a live podcast? I don't know. Now that I say it out loud, it's, I kind of want to take it back. But you said dog person, and I thought, well, I don't know if I would classify myself as a dog person anymore, but I guess I have to stick by it now. So there you go. I have a Persian cat. Well, we have two cats and a dog, and I am still a dog person. And they have not won me over, and uh, I've had one of them for six years. So, well, let's get on to the the book itself. A fantastic book. I I was able to read it. I guess it was last week. I I got to read it in a couple Mm -hmm. of days. And it's called The Path to Different. And the kind of the subtitle here is How the Story of Caleb Teaches Us to Live a Life of Purpose and Impact. Fantastic little book. Thank your intentions. And, and I'll let you get into this. Is your intentions is really writing as more of a devotional time period or a, mm-hmm. or kind of a reflection as you walk through the book itself. And so it's a great read, but it's an easy read. It's not a, it's not a long, thick, mm-hmm. difficult book. It's a fantastic book. And, and the reason why I say that is as we're kind of the premise of the podcast here is this idea of everyday minister. We have many people that listen that may not be big readers. And and so I want to kind of let you know on the front end that this is a fantastic little book that you can read in two, three days and get a lot from it. So I want to encourage you to read it. But as we kind of get more in depth in the book, Lonnie, won't you begin by telling us kind of why you decided to write a book and maybe even why this topic? Right. So it actually started as a message that I preached this past summer. And uh, before that, I've actually preached it twice. I'm going through the Bible on Wednesday nights with my students. When I started two years ago, I started in the the book of Genesis, and I'm slowly making my way through the whole Bible. And I was invited to speak at one of my friend's churches, and I was looking back at this message, and I I preached it, and I I got finished with it, and I walked off and I said, I want to write a book on that. So I went home and I just started typing. And like you said, it it was intentional the way that I wrote it, how short it is and how easy it is to read, because I really want it to be a resource for uh, youth pastors to use, to give to their students, something that anybody can pick up and finish in one sitting if they wanted to, or use it as a devotional. And I read a stat somewhere that said something like 80% of people, when they start a book, they don't finish. So I figured, okay, maybe I shouldn't write this 300-page book and try to write it on this really high academic level. And I thought, you know, I would really love if the sixth graders and the seventh graders in my youth ministry could pick up this book and could immediately understand it and apply it to their lives and that's kind of the whole strategy behind writing the book. I wanted it to be accessible to everyday people. You know, we were on the Everyday Ministry podcast, and I believe that uh, everyday people are just an asset to the kingdom of God. And, you know, we can't forget your, like you said, the layperson who is also in ministry like we are, who is not reading these two, three hundred page uh, books on systematic theology and stuff like that. And, you know, all that stuff's important. But, you know, time-wise, my dad is a, a blue-collar worker, and he works 60, 70 hours a week. And, you know, if he reads a book, it's going to be uh, a short book, you know, something that mm-hmm. he can pick up and read five, ten minutes a day. And that was in my mind the whole time while I was writing it. And the premise of the book is that I got this idea. I've been thinking about it the past year 
you know, it's easy to look around at the state of our nation today and to point the finger at somebody else and say, you know, things are so bad because of this and because of that. But I truly believe when you point the finger at somebody else, you know, you have three pointed right back at you. And I believe that really who to blame for the state of the nation is, is really us dropping the ball as Christians. And for so long, I believe that so many people who claim to follow Christ, what we've done is we've been fitting in with the world so long and we haven't really been living out our, our God-given calling to stand out from the world. Mm-hmm. And so the whole premise of the book is that as Christians, we need to be different so that we can make a difference. So when I was reading through your first few chapters, I really come to this kind of quote you have at the end of the second and the last page on the first chapter. And it says, I pray that your desire to be a difference maker merges with God's desire to be glorified in your life. And as I was reading through the book itself, this phrase kind of stuck out to me the whole time, because this is really your desire in writing this book is that you would encourage these difference makers that in the way that God would merge their desires together and that they would see changes Mm -hmm. in their society and in their lives. And that quote specifically stood out to me throughout the entire book, because it's really just the whole idea. I thought that you were walking away from you from this first chapter with, and maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe I'm not too far off. I'm not exactly sure. No, you're spot on. Absolutely. So what I I did was before I wrote it, I asked my students, I said, who in here wants to make a difference with their life? And every single hand goes up and thought about how as humans, you know, we're, we're so affected by the fall. We're so affected by sin it really has just completely affected every part of our, yeah. part of our lives. And we have this God-given desire, I believe, to make a difference and to live a life of impact and to live out God's calling in our life. But I believe due to sin that we also have some conflicting desires that interfere with that desire to live mm-hmm. A life to the glory of God. And I believe that one of the biggest desires that gets in the way of that, that interferes, is the desire to fit in. Yeah. And so I wrote this book from the standpoint, like you said, how do you deal with these two conflicting desires? And that's really the the whole idea behind the book. So you hit it, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Well, I always find that whatever book we read, if it's not telling a story, not a narrative of anything mm-hmm. of that nature, it generally in the first, either the introduction or the first chapter, we can kind of find the heart of the individual that's writing the book. And for me, that's one of the most significant things to do is I read a book because it shows me why they're writing this book. And as they, as I kind of see why they're writing the book, it kind of makes the rest of it just connect better with me. But as well, also, mm-hmm. even if it's not a book for me, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's not a book that's directly connected to my current life's situation, for example, maybe if I read a book that's geared towards students and students alone, if I understand the heart of the author, then Mm -hmm. I can apply it to my life in some capacity because I could see why they're writing this book. And I think that's one mistake that so many people make when they jump into a book. They they generally skip the the preface or the forwards or the introductions, and they just go straight to chapter one. And when you do that, you're missing so much about the author. And so it's harder to connect it to our everyday lives. Right. Yeah. If you read this book expecting it to be 
some kind of John Piper level or uh, just to be anything like that, you'll be sorely disappointed because I wrote the book primarily to middle schoolers and high schoolers and people who were blue collar and working all the time and new to the faith. Yeah. Regular everyday people. Which is fantastic because, and I think that's why I appreciate even more now the length of the book and even the length of the chapters, because, you know, your chapters set up or set up in such a way that if it's a, a student that doesn't care to read, they can read it in five, 10 minutes and, you know, answer and kind of evaluate the chapter with the questions that you have for each of them. And really not only read through this book, but also kind of think through it as the, and kind of decompress as they finish the chapter. And they haven't spent a lot of time in, in, a, in a book in that time period. And so it's helpful to kind of introduce somebody to something. And so I think it's a great, great book for that. Right. You know, it's kind of like preaching, you know, if you, uh, are preaching to students, you know that you have their attention for 20 to 30 minutes or so, or maybe a little bit longer for some people. But you know that if you preach an hour and a half to anybody, you're going to lose their attention, no matter how good you're preaching or anything like that. You know, there's a point where people just, uh, you just lose them. So I just wrote it as, you know, nobody's ever complained about mm-hmm what are my messages being too short? So I figured nobody would complain about uh, my chapters being too short, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's fantastic, man. I, I think it mm-hmm. not only speaks to your heart for students, but also kind of your knowledge of them and where they're at and uh, being able to gear the book towards them in such a good way. Even the way you write, I mean, it's, it's uh, I don't know the best way of saying it, but it's more conversational. It's mm-hmm. much like you're speaking. Uh, it's you know a little different, a little more academic than the way you're speaking, but it's much like that. And um, I really appreciate that. And as I was reading through the first chapter and kind of saw the heart that you had for youth ministry and the intent in writing the book, I was thinking to myself, you know, he, he's writing this book in such a way that's fantastic for the students that's going to read this. Right. Or for the, as you said, the blue collar individual that's going to read this. Mm-hmm. And so what I find unique is, you know, so often when we think of this idea of fitting in, people will think that that's just students. That's just in high school mm-hmm. and middle school. And, you know, whenever they graduate and get out of college, you know, they, they have, they figured themselves out and, and they don't worry about that. But I don't, I think that's a lie. I think that people still struggle with how to fit in and where to fit in as a whole, maybe not some mm-hmm. people, but I think generally speaking. And so as I was reading through that, I was thinking that, you know, this even this is even a good premise for that forty or fifty year old man that's still struggling with that self doubt or that that woman that's struggling in this area and being able to make a difference in their life. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Um, that's so true. Like we talked about earlier, I believe that um, because of sin, because of the fall, that no matter where you are in life, whether you vocalize it or not, it's a struggle. I believe that we can all relate to and we can all learn something from this story, uh, the story of Caleb in this uh, that I wrote about in this book. I believe that it is so applicable, especially today where we are in society and comparison culture and in the time of Facebook. And, you know, we're constantly comparing ourselves and we're constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses. I believe that this is a, a timely message from a just incredible story that we have in the Word of God. 
I agree. And I think starting with the fall is the most important thing because that's where everything got messed up. Mm-hmm. God created a perfect world and sin enters the world and ruins it all. But not to go too deep into that. I think that's a, a podcast for a different day and maybe <laughs> we can have you on to just discuss that. But as we've kind of made clear throughout this whole podcast, and I think it's in the last two and a half years since we've been doing it, it's our goal and our desire is to kind of reach to that everyday minister. And what I mean by that is it could be that person that's a volunteer minister, or it could be that person that, you know, is just living life, having a family, working their job and seeking to bring God glory in everything that they do. Or it could be that vocational minister, full-time, part-time, by vocational. It's just everyone that is a believer, everyone that is trusted in Christ. And so with that in mind, how is this book? And I think we've discussed a lot of this already. Mm -hmm. So we may not spend a lot of time here, but how does this book directly connect to that everyday minister? I believe that the way that I wrote it, the, the audience that I wrote it to and is a resource that any youth minister could pick up and give to their students and take their students through. Right now, actually, I am uh, I'm taking my students through the book on Sunday nights. So we're we're still, you know, the Wednesday night model Sunday night. Uh, that's our church. So Sunday nights, we've been just walking through chapter by chapter uh reading through the book and answering the questions at the end. And I know of several other small churches and small groups that are doing the same. And I believe it can just be a a resource that you can implement in your ministry and give to your students, or you could use it as a small group. You could use it as a study. I really wrote it from, uh, with all those things in mind, as a tool, I wrote it where if you wanted to, you could read it in one sitting, or you can read it devotionally and just read chapter by chapter. And I wrote it with the idea that I'm going to use this as a small group curriculum for my students. And I believe that uh, it can be a valuable resource to, to any youth ministry or any ministry, really. I'll, I'll just sum it, sum it up with this. I believe the everyday minister could use this book in their ministry, in their context, and could just really do a lot of things with it. It's a book that you can really do whatever you want with it. And that's how I wrote it. I think that's so true. I think of, you know, I even think of possibly applying it to like a, a D-Now setting or mm-hmm. a retreat setting where you have, you know, five or six sessions, which you're teaching through. And I mean, obviously, they would have to combine some of the chapters and things of that nature. But I think some of them would go so well together that they could apply it in that way. And But, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking about the book and kind of how it connects to the everyday minister. And before we move to the plugs of the week, I want to read one more quote. And it's really just to express Lonnie's heart in writing the book and kind of the desire that he has in writing this book. And it's in the last chapter. It's the very last sentence. And it says, I prayfully hope that God has used this book in your life for his glory and that he blesses you on your journey down the path to different. I think what's so significant about that, Lonnie, and what I appreciate the most about it is that so often when we read books like this, is that it's more about the individual doing what they're supposed to do and being on the path that they're supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. But your your little phrase here, for his glory. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's the key thing. And, I, and it's intertwined throughout your entire book here is that we're not individuals trying to make a difference for our namesake. 
is as individuals that are trying to go on paths of difference, not for us, not for our ministries, not for our churches, not for our children or anything of that nature, but simply for the glory of God. And so uh, I appreciate you ending the book the way that you did. And I can speak of to myself is that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book itself. And I think that you you've accomplished that. And my prayer would be the same as ministers and students read this book that that God's glory would be revealed to them and that they would seek uh, to live a life of different for his namesake. And um, but, man, I, I know that we're talking about your book. And so this may be a weird transition, but we're going to take a few moments to do just some plugs of the week. Since you are the guest, I'm going to let you go first, man. All right. So one of my best friends, he actually wrote a book just this past the past few months, and he wrote this awesome resource called Kingdom Leader, and it is a 21-day devotional about being a leader for the kingdom of God. And I believe that it is a phenomenal resource by a great and trusted friend, and it is a excellent companion to the path to different. It kind of hits the same message that I was trying to get out with my book, but from the the leadership perspective. So they really go hand in hand and it's just a great and another easy read and just another great resource to put into the hands of either your students or your lay people, just your everyday person, just another awesome resource. Man, I want to just second that one. I have the uh, joy of reading it as well. Unfortunately, I could not read it in uh, two-day setting because he's got his broke up in 21 days, mm-hmm. um, and there's a purpose behind that. And so I'll I'll let him explain that on an episode that I'm going to have him on soon. But really, so but I'm reading through that as well, and I, I just to me it's a great privilege because what the listeners may not know is that so Taylor's in Tuscaloosa, you're in Centerville, and I'm in Vernon. Uh, we're technically I'm in, in ministry in Millport now, and so really they're all within an hour and a half of each other. Uh, now, Centerville and Taylor and where Taylor's at are much closer than where I'm at. But I just couldn't help but highlight some guys that not only have I went to school with, but some local guys writing books, because not not only are they local writing books, but they're writing solid, good books. And so I just want to second his uh, plug there. I just want to encourage you to go and, and grab your copy of it. But also just for my recommendations, just because we're on this idea of smaller devotional type readings, uh, I wanted to highlight one, and I may have highlighted it before, but it's from another friend of mine that's not in Alabama, but in Chicago, named Robert Schnicko. And he, he wrote a devotional book called Lessons Learned from Jonah. It's Meditation on God's Restoring Grace. And it's a great little devotional read as well. So I just want to encourage you to, first and foremost, let's pick up The Paths Are Different by Lonnie. And then, as he recommended, let's pick up Taylor Morton's book as well as Robert Snicko's book. But Lonnie, uh, I, I want to thank you again for not only being on the podcast, but writing the book. Man, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a great read, and I just want to take the opportunity now for you to just tell the listeners the, some different ways that they can find the book and maybe even the best way for you. After that, just tell us how they can connect with you on social media if they have any questions. Yes. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, this has been an honor and a privilege to be on this podcast, but the best way to purchase the book is real simple, just on Amazon, uh, just type in the path to different and It'll come right up, and uh, it's just $10, and 
that's really, that's the only way to purchase the book. So it's also the best way. And everybody, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, just type in my name, Lonnie Free. And Instagram and Twitter, it is Lonnie underscore free. And I also put the my, my email and all of that in the book too. So if you purchase the book, all that info is also in the back. So yeah, just type in my name on social media and you'll find me. Well, also, man, we, um, we want to encourage the listeners out there. I know this is a different kind of episode since it's really more of an interview about his book. But I just want to encourage you before we jump off of here is to live a path that is different. And it's really just to seek God's glory above all else and then to live this out in your day-to-day lives. And I think that's the premise of his book is just making this intentional desire in your life to live differently for the namesake of Christ. Absolutely. And, um, and I just want to encourage you in that, listeners, as you are going to be in the trenches of ministry. It could be in your secular job or your ministry job that it's going to be difficult and hard. There's going to be times where you want to quit and give up. And first and foremost, we trust in the Spirit of God to empower us, much like Caleb did, as we see not only in his story, but as Lonnie just highlights throughout his book. But also, we're going to need others around us to encourage us and to build us up. And that's what's so great about books like this is that we can have encouragement from people that we may never had if we didn't read through it. So I want to encourage you not only to live a life of different, but also just to grab a copy of this book and read through it. And Lonnie, once again, I know I've said this a lot so far, but thank you for being on the podcast. And this is an episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. Save our soul.